Hello everyone, this is Roger T. Pipe from rogerviews.com. Welcome to another podcast. Today we're going to kick off the annual Avian Awards podcast series. In this series, we will take a look at the 2021 Avian Awards. We'll break down the nominations, discuss the process a little bit, go over the categories, and maybe pick a few of my favorites along the way. This series normally takes 10 to 15 episodes. I'm going to try and do things a little differently. Um, we are a little bit late in the game. The award show is in about three days, so I'm going to do a few of these. We'll try and cut down some of it based on feedback from past years, but it will still end up being fairly detailed and I hope a lot of fun. Before we get started, a little bit of background. I know a lot of you have listened a lot, so I'll make this brief, but just who I am. As I said, I'm Roger Pipe. I've been an adult film reviewer now for over 25 years. been an AVN voter for the last 15 plus years. It is a tremendous honor for me, one that I take seriously and really do enjoy thoroughly. That said, we will you know, probably have a little fun along the way, but I do thank uh, AVN for letting me do this and for supporting this podcast. Uh, by the way, the ballots have been turned in already, so uh, anything that I reveal about my ballot uh, has already been voted and counted. So, Okay, before we get started, I do want to remind everybody that I really love your feedback. Uh, this podcast grows because of your feedback. There's lots of ways to get in touch with me, Drop me a line, email rog at rogerfuse.com, uh, Twitter, Roger T. Pipe, send me a direct message or, or a mention if there's something you want me to talk about in the podcast. If you have a suggestion for future podcasts, that's fine. Uh, this week is just going to be all about the AVN series. Um, any, any way you reach out to me, uh, question, comment, if I'm talking too fast, talking too slow, whatever it is you want. If you want to go back and maybe give your picks, uh, reasons why you disagree with what I said or agree, anything you like. We do try and keep the comments respectful of the nominees uh, because I think that they're all deserving of positive energy. Uh, we certainly all need that right now. But again, I would love to hear your feedback. Just go ahead and reach out anytime you like. Also, sponsorships are available for this and every podcast as we do every year. Uh, starting with this podcast, uh, the entire year is $100. There are only four slots, so if you want me to mention your site, your business, your favorite star, drop me a line uh, with do-do sponsorships. I will mention your site or star uh, several times during each podcast throughout the year 2021. All right, so at the risk of sounding cliche, 2020 was a year like none of us have ever seen. All kinds of things <laughs> went crazy in the country and in the world, and it certainly affected the world of adult films as well. This year's Adult Entertainment Expo is entirely virtual, including the awards which happen on January the 23rd, a couple days from now. Obviously, these are big changes, but we still ended up with a full slate of nominees and some really interesting categories as well. Before we break down, I want to talk about some of the changes in the categories. Um, some are small, some are really large. We lost some categories. We gained a couple. Some of these changes stem directly from uh, the George Floyd murder and the ensuing discussion and protests for racial justice. The adult industry has made some moves to change the industry on a fundamental level. Um, so we'll go over some of the new categories and see how well we're doing in terms of righting some of these wrongs. So changes this year uh, to the Avian Awards, uh, they dropped a number of categories in the video and web uh, section of the awards. That's really what we're focused on. The total number in that uh, video and web dropped from 93 to 84. They've also made some minor changes. Uh, they changed the word production in the categories to movie or anthology, which I think is kind of a, an indication of 
a movement away from traditional features and just to be more inclusive of a movie or anthology. Some uh, websites now, of course, are doing episodic releases on their website over a period of time and then putting that together. And this appears to be a way to, to get that net recognized as well. Um, they also changed uh, series or channel to series or site. Again, these are just sort of minor changes. There's a lot of them, but but just minor wording changes. Uh, there's a big addition called the Grand Reel, uh, which for high-end productions. Obviously, that's going to be kind of a prestige award now, and I think that's a good thing. With some of the things that have been taken away, I think it's a good idea to go ahead and, and put this category up there. So much of adult entertainment now is highly specialized, and I really like it, but I know for a lot of people, they want this sort of the Oscars feel. And I think this is a really good category and some good titles in it. Again, we will go over all these categories later in this episode and in other ones. Uh, they did add a Best Squirting Movie. So for fans of that, you now get your own award there. Uh, also, uh, very 2020, they uh, added the Best Quarantine Sex Scene. So certainly that wins this year for the most 2020 category ever. A lot of the major changes, obviously, are a call for social justice. Uh, they dropped all of the interracial and ethnic titles completely. That was three categories for IR and ethnic um, series and productions are now gone. They've been replaced by other things, but they've stopped that specific genre. And we'll discuss that again more later. Um, they also got rid of best action thriller, best drama, best romance, and best polyamory movie. So they kind of dropped some of the, the highly specialized categories. Uh, for me, uh, was dropping the best parody category. And for years, I absolutely loved the parodies that were made in the adult industry. I think they were fun. Some of them were serious. They're all really great. There are still some really great ones. Uh, Axel Braun's making great comic book movies. But I think it's well past time to get rid of this because it's not a strong enough genre to require its own category. I've been saying this in my, in my XRCO podcast for a long time, and it's nice to see AVN just say, okay, look, if we get a parody movie, there are other categories it'll fit in until such time as the industry changes. Uh, they dropped Best Big Butt and Big Boob uh, production. Changed that really, uh, added Best Curve Appeal. So you've kind of got that going. And then they dropped any of the categories that said Best Anthology because the anthologies got added uh, to others. And then also added Best Episodic categories. So again, Avian does a really, really good job of changing as the industry changes. And this year, like we said, there are a lot of changes coming from society, but they also work within their own industry to sort of recognize what is being done. And I, I'm really impressed by that. I like what they did. I've done a podcast already about the XRCO Awards and when XRCO removed interracial and ethnic. If you want to listen to that, we may touch on it. If you read, if you listen to it and you have some comments, I understand needing to change this industry's perception of interracial sex as defined by the industry, not by me, as black male talent, non-black female talent, and that being the only thing, and have it being highly fetishized, and having pay rates be different for girls who do and don't work with black male talent, that all needs to change. Absolutely. My fear in getting, my concern in dropping some of those categories would be a loss of representation for uh, female performers of color. These categories, the ethnic categories specifically, often focused on women who were not white. And that was a great opportunity for representation. I just don't want to see us lose that. But I think that 
these are good changes for right now. I think we can always get better. But again, I think the bigger issue is not having an interracial category being awarded. It's things like different pay rates. I mean, that's really where things are going to change. So uh, if you have comments on that, that's fine. We can elaborate a little bit, but I do have um, 84 categories to get to. So as we get to the categories, I said you, you can follow along over at avn.com forward slash awards. There are 84. We're going to go through all 84 of them. Just a little, again, a little bit about procedure. Every category you see, we are given a weighted ballot. So we are to rank every one of them, 1 through 8, 1 through 15, and then they're given points accordingly. So it is important. And again, like I said, something I take very seriously. I uh, went through, I believe, two and a half legal pads worth of notes. There were, uh, I believe, 1,079 different nominees. It's a whole lot of movies to watch. I am currently still sort of in my award center bunker, surrounded by four monitors, and uh, have watched a copious amount of material in the last month getting to the awards. The, uh, the final night when the ballots are turned in, it's kind of a relief. So we will get started on this one. Uh, do the first couple and then switch and wait for another episode. Starting at the top, the uh, new one we just talked about, Grand Reel. I Love from Wicked, Killer on the Loose from Misa X, Lana from Burning Angel, Muse from Deeper, Obsessed, Sweet Sinner, Out with a Bang, Digital Playground, Path to Forgiveness, All Her Love, Primary, Lust, Cinema, The Summoning, Digital Playground, and Under the Bed 1 and 2, Pure Taboo. A movie you're going to hear a lot about is Muse from Deeper. Uh, Maitland Ward stars in that movie, and it's very impressive. It's well-written. It's serious. It's contemplative. It's mostly sexy. It, it's a really good movie. There are some others that uh, are also really good. I enjoyed I Love from Wicked. Uh, Out with a Bang from Digital Playground was really fun. I, I don't see anything beating Muse. Uh, Lana from Burning Angel was also very good, but Muse is the kind of movie that it feels like this category was made for. It looks great. It's a great representation of what can be done in our industry. And I think it probably is going to win, and it probably should win. But I do like this category a lot. I'm kind of a sucker for features. Always have been. Uh, it, it's really kind of funny because when I started reviewing, I started reviewing exclusively Gonzo because it wasn't represented. I didn't see reviews of it. My favorite genre. But... Over time, as you review movie after movie after movie, you start to appreciate something like a really good feature, like Muse, or um, The Summoning I enjoyed as well. It's kind of a favorite for me. Uh, best All-Girl Performer, Jade Baker, Serena Blair, Jaden Cole, Darcy Dulce, Kendra James, Shyla Jennings, Ashley Juliet, Mary Moody, Princess, Melania Ricci, Sabrina Ru Rogue, Scarlet Sage, Serene Siren, Molly Stewart, and Charlotte Stokely. That's a lot of names. Uh, this category feels, it feels like a lot, but again, in keeping with our tradition of positive, everybody who was nominated, congratulations. I'd kind of like to see some of these trimmed up a little bit, uh, but again, who do you cut? Anytime you're cutting someone, you're taking away their recognition, and I don't really like that. Charlotte Stokely is a favorite. She had a career as a boy-girl performer, and now girl-girl, and she has great name recognition. She's very good. She's a good actress, great performer, and I think that always sort of gives her an advantage. In categories like this, where the genre is specific and the entire group of critics may 
not have as much familiarity with the names. I think it's more so with the transgender performers. But I think here, too, if someone doesn't watch a ton of all-girl porn, I think some of these names might slip by. And you look at Charlotte Stokely and go, yeah, 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 she's great. She's been around for a while. She's really good. Name recognition helps her. Also, being a performer helps. So, you know, she's got that going for her. Uh, Princess is always a favorite. She's fantastic and has been all-girl for a long time. I liked Mary Moody this year. I also really like Serene Siren quite a bit. So those are probably the ones at the top of my list. This is the kind of category, too, where going 1 through 15 matters. Because if there's someone, you know, on one ballot that, that ends up in the bottom three of somebody, it can drop them out of contention. And someday I would love to actually see the numbers on these. Maybe maybe Avian could work out a, a deal where I'm not looking at... Uh, who got what votes. But I'm curious where somebody finishes second by a couple of points and it's because somebody put them 15th out of 15. How often that happens and how close a lot of these are. Because I would imagine over the the entireties of the ballot we probably have some very, very close races. Best Actor in a Featurette, Dick Chibbles, Sterling Cooper, Charles Dara, Johnny Goodluck, Steve Holmes, Alex Jones, Tyler Nixon, Logan Pierce, Tommy Pistol, and Michael Vegas. Um, Tommy Pistol appears on this list every year. He's a great actor. I think he's probably the best. There are some other really good ones, though. Logan Pierce is excellent. Um, Chemistry Eases the Pain was was good. And again, these are featurettes, so it's a little uh, shorter performance usually. Some of them really short. Uh, the one that got me was Alex Jones and No More Mr. Nice Guy. really seemed like he didn't have a lot to do. But when I watched it, I realized it was a nice little subtle performance. I would probably say the Tommy Pistol or Michael Vegas, uh, Tommy for Another Life and Michael for Three's a Crowd, are probably the two that I would pick. Steve Holmes and Aphrodisiac and Demi Sutra Story was really good. And Steve was not a feature actor for a long time. So it's always kind of nice to see him get nominated for acting. Uh, best Actress in a Featurette, Evelyn Clare, Lotus Lane, Alina Lopez, Avi Love, Kinsey Reeves, Kendra Spade, Chloe Capri, Demi Sutra, Angela White, and Emily Willis. Uh, lots of good performers here. Uh, those of you playing the Angela White drinking game at home where you take a shot every time Raj mentions Angela White, go ahead. Angela was excellent in Seasons. Really fantastic. Demi Sutra in Aphrodisiac was, was very impressive. Uh, I was also I was surprised uh, Kenzie Reeves in Beautiful Mistake. Kenzie is a good little actress. Also Emily Willis uh, from Nymphomania and Emily Willis Story. Interesting. Uh, two actresses get nominations in movies that are called a, a story by them. A Demi Sutra story and an Emily Willis story uh, from Pure Taboo, both of them. Uh, Emily Willis, I think you're going to see a lot of, if you watch the virtual award show, I think you're going to see a lot from Emily Willis this year. Moving on down to Best All-Girl Group Sex Scene, we've got Alexis Texas Lesbian House Party, Color Me Horny from We Live Together, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, Girl, Girl Core, Isis Love Returns from Whipped Ass, Lesbian Squirting Gangbang 2, Zero Tolerance, Paranormal, Girl Girl, Popular from Girls Way, Primary, uh, Lust Cinema, Squirt on Me from Girl Girl, and Strings Attached from Pure Taboo. There's some really good scenes here. Obviously, the Alexis Texas movie has some great star power, and it was it was good. Uh, there's a couple that I liked better, and again, this isn't my favorite genre, but it's it's become huge. And there's some really good 
story-driven projects in this category. Uh, the popular scene was really good. Jillian Jansen's beautiful and was great in it. Paranormal was a lot of fun, kind of creepy and eerie and had really, really good sex. Again, you can hear that name again, Emily Willis, Riley Reed, and Kristen Scott. That kind of makes a scene like this for me. When you've got a group scene and you've got three, those three women, probably three, three in my top ten, Emily, Riley, and Kristen are all in my top ten right now. So that's kind of a fantastic scene. Emily shows up also in The Color Me Horny with Scarlet Bloom and Liv Wilde. So again, you're going to hear a lot of her name and you're going to see a lot of her. If you were at the show, you'd be seeing her walk up and down to the stage quite a bit. Um, and again, for those of you drinking at home, Strings Attached features Angela White, Scarlet Sage, and Serena Blair. So there you go. Drink up again. We'll probably finish up the best uh, all-girl categories in this uh, podcast and then move on in the next episode. Uh, best all-girl movie or anthology, Bad Girls, Lesbian Desires, Her Forbidden Fruit 3, Hypersexual Lesbian Affairs 2, It's a Sister Thing 4, Net Skirts 22, Paranormal, Popular, The Producer, Reform School Girls 4, and Rocco Pure Fitness. Uh, Rocco doing an all-girl movie, is a, that's not a new thing, but certainly not what he normally does, and that was a great movie, especially if you like workout clothes or you know gym bodies and girls working out women working out, uh, women working out, getting hot and sweaty. Great, great movie. It is near the top of my ballot. As I mentioned, Paranormal from Girl Girl Jules Jordan. Really good movie. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I've had fun watching it. Uh, popular from Girl's Way. Also, I enjoyed that one. Uh, I enjoyed that one as well. So those would be at or near the top of my ballot there. Uh, best all-girl series or site. All Girl Massage, Cheer Squad Sleepovers, Coming Home for Her, Girl Girl Sex, Girls Gone Pink, Girls Kissing Girls, We Live Together, Web Young, uh, When Girls Play, and Women Seeking Women. Um, Women Seeking Women from Girlfriends is a long-running, fantastic series for anybody who loves the genre. It's, it's great. It's been great for a long time. Cheer Squad Sleepovers is one of my favorite series from Girlfriends. Their movies have a similar pace to them. Uh, what they've added, obviously, in that series is a specific kind of clothing appeal. And the last four or five episodes have been really, really excellent. I think they're fantastic. Uh, the Girls Gone Pink series is one I hadn't watched a whole lot of before this year. Uh, but I, I like that one as well. Uh, we Live Together has been around for a while, and that's a lot of fun also. So it's tough for me to beat Cheer Squad Sleepovers because it just keeps getting better. So that was it for episode one. A little bit shorter than usual. That's what we're going to try for. Try and get through these quickly. As always, feedback. Twitter, Roger T. Pipe. Rog at rogerviews.com. If you've got the phone number, send me a text. If you see me on Facebook, that's fine. Send me a private message, that's fine. Let me know what you think of the categories, your favorites. Uh, what do you think of specifically of the category changes? What else we can do in this industry to make sure that performers of color get recognition, get treated fairly, and that this industry more accurately represents the world we want to see around us, because that's really what we're looking for here. That is it. I am Roger Pipe from Roger Views. Thank you very much for listening, and I will talk to you soon.